coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Hello, I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and you're on peacepodcast.org. What a privilege it is to have today's guest, and what an honor to have you view this Peace Podcast. Thank you for being part of our Peace Podcast community devoted to peace, happiness, and healthy living. And so with that, I'm going to introduce our speaker today, because I, as I said to her, I could talk to you for an hour and our conversation would evolve. But this is Jan Phillips, author, artist, musician, and I've been listening to her CDs, facilitator and retreat director. If you ever have a chance to go to any of her retreats, I'll have a feeling you're in for a joyride. Jan Phillips is, as I said, an author, creator, and she ignites original thinking. It inspires action. Her retreats and presentations are multimedia. She uses images, music, poetry, and I'm going to read a word from one of her poems. And this is, when a wise woman leads. When a wise woman leads, she calls a circle and makes a space for stories to be shared, hopes to be uttered, revelations to unfold. And that's what I do on Peace Podcast, revelations to unfold. Welcome, Jan. Thank you. I love being here with you. Thank you. I love having you. I've been reading your book, No Ordinary Time. As you'll see all these little stickies, because oh, yeah. there are so many pieces of wisdom in here. I'm just going to read and listen, people. This book is a book that you're going to want to read over and over again. And let me just, and you know, today I said, what can I read from this book? Because she has so many stories that would just motivate you to be the best you can be and live your destiny. But this one really got to me. The only access we have to our authenticity is the pathway through the heart. And we must keep this channel open at all costs. We must look deeply into our world, into our heartbreak, into the eyes of our sisters and brothers, and let these images awaken our senses. It's not altruism, not charity, not selflessness that will cost, will open the gates to our own magnitude. It's awareness. And when awareness is fleshed out in the experiences of our life, it culminates in the events of relationships, collaboration, and cooperation. It sounds like, Jan, that if we were just aware and lived in the present, we might be able to do that revolutionary creativity that the world needs right now. Is that a good place to begin? What is creativity? Well, creativity is the natural energy that flows out of us towards another for the benefit of the whole, right? Just as the same way that a tree takes sunlight and air and turns it into food for the root system and the branches and the leaves, that's called photosynthesis. We, we're nature, right? We're nature loving nature. We do the same thing, only we take in information and we transform it into inspiration with the power of our imagination. That's how I see it happening. We take in information and we turn it into inspiration. Now that's a quote. Um, that's a Jan Phillips. And it's so absolutely true. I take in information from my Peace Podcast guests and I get inspired. 
and I feel like I can do more than I ever thought possible. So how do we turn our human experience into inspiration? Well, we have to harvest what's happened to us, right? Instead of sounding like a country western tune, they done me wrong. You reflect on the pivotal moments of your life, those big things, the deaths, the divorces, the terrible turbulence we, you've survived, and harvest them, mine them for what they gave you. Because every experience takes something from us and gives something to us. And if we harvest it, what it gives to us, we end up calling our wisdom. But it's all from our personal experience because life happens to us, for us, and through us. Well, you have such a generous spirit. In your book, you talk about Arthur, and, and this is so important right now because you looked at Arthur as this kind of older guy with a cane and what did he have to offer me? And your first impression was, well, I'll spend a few minutes with him. And you ended up spending four days with him and you found out his soul and his being was just what you needed. Yeah, he was a grouchy old man who had tons of John Birch literature in his Kentucky homestead, big rifles. But I was, I was on a journey interviewing people around the country. And so I went to his, he lived with his sister. I went to interview his sister, but he was there. So the sister says, interview Arthur too. I was not comfortable around Arthur because he was my opposite. Got it? Mm -hmm. Opposite. And so he says, yes, interview me in the morning. Meet me on the porch. I thought, all right, I can do that. But instead of sitting there to be interviewed, he took me on a walk through his property because he was a tree man. He made his millions in the lumber industry, but he loved trees. And he took me through the forest. He pointed out every tree. And you cannot not love a person who's in love with nature. So I fell in love with this cantankerous old man. And we spent, yeah, the next three days walking around the woods together. And he confessed to me that he was 83 at the time. He said, there's one thing I always wished I could have done, but I never did it. It's too late now. I said, what was it? He goes, I wanted to see the redwoods. I go, Arthur, it's not too late. You're 83. You still got time. He goes, no, it's too late. He had no hope left. So I left him and then headed west. And every time, I, and I was only doing small towns. So every time I got to the drugstore of the small town, I'd buy a card that had a picture of a tree on it. I'd say, dear Arthur, get to the Redwoods now. Love <laughs> you, Jan. And I was out on the road for three months. So when I came home after three months, I picked up this big box of mail from the post office. And it in the mail was a postcard from the Sequoia National Forest from Arthur. He goes, dear Jan, I made it thanks to you. I love you, <laughs> Arthur. And he died shortly thereafter, but we have power. We're, we're, we're healers, we're guides, we're everything we need to be for each other. It's not generous to me, it's just good. It's being good. 
there's something about you that is a, has a very generous spirit. As you know, I was trying to call you for three days and didn't get a response. And then you're calling me from your car yesterday to tell me that you've been helping somebody with cancer. Your generous nature is incredible. And when you wrote those postcards to Arthur, I kept thinking, my gosh, this woman, she knows what she needs to do and she helps another achieve their goals too. So what does that generous spirit come from in you? Is it your upbringing? Is it your education? Or is it your heart? It's from the knowing that giving is receiving. I think I probably knew it first from words of Jesus that I learned as a Catholic in a Catholic school. But, you know, the Catholic Church excommunicated me because I'm gay. And so I no longer had a religion to rely on. But I read Course in Miracles. And in Course in Miracles, it says the same thing Jesus said, basically, which is giving is receiving. So the more I give, the more I receive. It's a great formula. It's a, you're a walking example of that. Um, we, Joyce and I have been talking about you. I met you because of my friend Joyce Wyckoff, and she was reading your book. And she said, Barbara, you have to have her on your Peace podcast. And then I got your email, sent it to you, and you sent me a copy of your book, a PDF version. How can people get your book? And your book is called No Ordinary Time. Well, if they want to get a PDF of the whole book, they have to email jan at janphillips.com. But here's the, here's the hot tip for today. Go to my website and sign up for my newsletter because every single Sunday I send out a Bulletin from Immortality, based on a line from Emily Dickinson, who said, the only news I get all day are bulletins from immortality. So I call it Bulletins from Immortality, and it's just a little boost quote from one of my books, a poem from my poetry book, whatever. People love it. So sign up at janphillips.com to get on my newsletter list but if they anybody emails me and says please send me your book i'll send them a pdf file that's where how i started and then i got your book in the mail thank you so much you sent me your cds you sent me your beautiful poetry and you sent me your book all to bring us together on this podcast and now i'm going to ask you your generosity seems to have no limits i don't feel like you are a limited lady now i was raised a catholic too and i i thank you for that because being a catholic we got a sense of spirituality we also got a big sense of we're wrong we're wrong we're wrong but that wasn't the point the point was I got to be a spiritual person. I went into that church, not necessarily to pray, but to be at peace, to be at peace with myself for whatever I had done wrong. I didn't have any judges there. I just had the church and I had this empty space with beauty around me. How do you find beauty in your life? Well, every single morning I wake up, I light two candles on the altar that I'm looking at when, I, when my eyes open up. And I spend 20 to 30 minutes in communion. I'll tell you what, you know, I have abandoned the sense of an external patriarchal God out there somewhere. I don't have a personified deity, but I am like a fish swimming in the sea of divinity. So my conjuring of 
divinity for me is like it's all around me in the air I breathe and it's inside me in my lungs and it's flowing through me constantly so that gives me deep peace and I have been doing that since 1989 when a psychic nun told me my life couldn't be great if I didn't have a spiritual practice. I trusted her so much. I was a, a little snippy about it because I wasn't excited about having a spiritual practice. But since 1990, 1989, every single day I do it. 15 minutes is all. I mean, I do it now for an hour just because it's the best thing I have going in my day. That quiet, that silence, that sense of I'm not alone here. But I say to anyone listening to this podcast, if you want your life to be extraordinary, like mine is, like yours is, Barbara, then you, you, you really have to carve out a chunk for you to hear the bulletins that divine mind is sending to you 24 seven. Well, you have one of my favorite Hungarian friends, Irvin Laszlo, on your book. You've talked about him. He's one of the people who support you. Irvin Laszlo said, I said, Irvin, how have you written 42 books? You know what he said? What? I just sit down with a blank piece of paper and I begin to write. And all of a sudden, this book takes form. Of course, he is a brilliant scholar, too. But he started the Club of Budapest, which I am privileged to be a member of. And I am so honored that I have my Hungarian background. And I'm so, I have so many stories I could talk about, like my grandfather immigrating here with $5 in his pocket because he didn't believe in war. And he told me when I was a little girl, you're going to be a peacemaker. And I said, Grandpa, I'm only three. How come you think I'm going to be a peacemaker? He said, look at all the years you have to work for peace. And that's why I came to the United States to avoid World War I. War does not work. And so that's been my motto since I was three. War mm -hmm. does not work. And I am a peacemaker. And so I'm going to go back to what you said about inspiration. Because I watched your TED Talk. You would not be here today if you wouldn't have said, you are the hell. Tell me that story as briefly as you can, because everybody needs to hear this. Well, I was driving home from Death Valley on this kind of lonely road, and I stopped. I saw this murmuration of birds, you know, where they're all flying together. I took my video camera out and leaned against the front of my car. Somebody hit me in a van who thought I was driving and it, you know, sent my car into the field and sent me into the field. And I ended up underneath the muffler at Death Valley. It's 90 degrees. My muffler is giving me third degree burns on my whole back and it burned away my hip. So I went in and out of consciousness and I had surrendered myself. I had heard my soul leave through the soles of my feet. I had experienced the great peaceful black void. And then I hear these voices. Oh my God, is somebody there? Is somebody alive? And they called me right back into my body. And they, they said, where are you? I go, under the car. I'm under the car. And they said, I hear the thump of their feet running toward me. And then I see four legs. And they say, wait there. We'll go get help. And this booming voice comes out of me. You are the help. Just lift up the car. Whoever said that, we'll never know. But the boy said, no, we can't. We're not strong enough. I said, you are the help. Lift it up now. Next thing I know, 
the car gets lifted up, two hands pull me out, and they lay me down on the desert floor. And then the ambulance came and I had skin graft surgery, but I, that's the lesson. It took something from me, I'll tell you that. But it gave me this awareness. Those boys thought all their lives, somebody's telling them, oh, help's out there. Oh, go pray. Oh, God's got the whole world in his hands. Oh, no, no. We're, we've got the whole world in our hands. And we're the healers. And if you believe Jesus said it, anything you can see me do, you can do, and even more, that's us. Wow. So we are the help. We are the help, and we are the miracle that was born out of the millions that didn't get born. And so why were we born? We have a mission. We have a destiny. And I've always said, hang out with people who shout your values so you can enable your code of destiny. And sometimes you have to hang out with people who don't shout your values, like Arthur in your book. And you just gave him a chance. Okay, I'm going to go with you, Arthur. Let's go see where this turns out. And you helped him fulfill his dream. Sometimes I feel like that's what I am. I'm a walking book. Wherever I am, I'm going to share my wisdom, even if it's in the grocery store or in the gas station. And you will find that people will resonate with this harmony that you bring. We become the peace they need. We become the messenger for their destiny. Have you found that? Yes. Yes. I find that. It's the only truth there is. We're each other's messages. Oh. We're like walking billboards. So that's why what creativity is, is just expressing the interior blessings that come with this package called the human body. You figure out that's why I do it in music. I do it in poetry. I write books. I make videos because I'm trying to create whoever, however you best learn, you know, every teacher knows people learn different ways, right? Audio, kinetic, sound, whatever. So I make, I say the same thing over and over, but in different mediums. It's kind of fun. For you say the same thing over and over again until they get it right. Until well, hopefully. Until their awareness becomes that message that they know they have to do. And you know, um, I will know if I'm on the right path. My body will tell me, like I can feel it. This isn't working. This isn't right. I need to do it this way. And so I pay a lot of attention to speak about what it is that I feel at that moment. Um, it brings things into reality for another and I find that if I can just stay calm, and as you say, that meditation moment, that time when I'm very quiet, when I know that the spirit is in me. My late husband, Robert Mueller, who worked for the UN for 40 years and then created the University for Peace, every night before he went to bed, he'd ask the universe for a question because like the next day he was gonna to speak to the ambassadors from the UN or something. And he would say, okay, what do they need? And he'd go to sleep. And in the morning, he'd sit down and write. And he'd write exactly what they needed and that was his speech. That's how he helped Utah and bring the Pope to the UN so they'd have a spiritual voice. And then he spent the rest, we were only married 17 years, but he spent his mornings every morning getting the download, the download yeah. from the universe. Yes. Yes. That's what has to happen. And people say to me, I'll tell you, they'll come up and they go, Oh, I don't have time to meditate. And I, to me, what that sounds like is a, a, a young mother who's had a baby who says, I don't have time to feed my baby. That's how ruthless that statement sounds. People say, I do not have time to meditate. What kind of nonsense is that anyway? 
It's true. I have a friend who meditates for hours every day, and she just created police to peace, turning all the police departments into peace officers because she had a vision while she was sitting on the beach. And you can listen to her peace podcast about Lisa Broderick, how she had this vision as the police car was driving by in front of her, she saw the word peace officer, and she has devoted her life to bringing our police into their own harmony with our communities. It's a wonderful gift that we all have. That time when you're quiet is a gift for the universe to tell you things. I, every day I think my prayer is thank you, thank you, thank you, because my angels save me, my universe supports me, and people like you inspire me. Good. You know, when you said Meister Eckhart is a German mystic who said the only prayer we ever need to say all our lives is thank you. But here's another hot tip. Here's that what else he said. The process of finding God or finding enlightenment is a process of subtraction, not addition. Nobody needs to read another book, study another smart person. All you have to do is get rid of the voice in your head that says I'm not enough yet. And you are saying so that makes the difference. Absolutely. And you know, at times I will tell somebody something brilliant about them and they say, how can you say that? Don't you see me? No, I see your soul. I see your potential and I see who you could be. Now that's not saying you're not enough. I'm just saying I see something and I'm going to tell you what I see. Do you mind? And they look at me like, and then all of a sudden, they'll come back to me two or three years later and say, thank you. Because that little moment when you get to see something, you get to tell them what you see, that may not be on. But this time, many, many times they come back and they'll say, I remember that. And thank you. Yes. It happens to you all the time, doesn't it, Jan? Yes. Because people, you know, people want to be told things about themselves and get in get feedback about how people see them and I, you know i feel like i'm here's my superpower in my ears and so i hear people's souls right i mean it sounds a little woo woo but i hear when they're telling me the truth and i hear when they're bsing me and i say to them hey listen to that because that was your deep soul speaking right you're not afraid a lot of people just say i'm afraid but they're not really afraid because their bigger self really has an idea they wants to move toward it. And so I can help them get there by saying, I heard it. You want to quit your job, then let's figure out how to quit your job. Or you want to go to Italy, let's figure out how to get you over there. If we make it happen, this is our one great opportunity and people just sit on it. Like nobody's going to buy you the winning lottery ticket. We got to figure out how to I've been a social activist all my life, never made any money, but I've been around the world as a peace activist. I've been everywhere I ever wanted to go. I created a learning center in Nigeria. I mean, we do the thing, it's like you take one next step at a time and the thing gets done and your, your desire gets expressed and responded to you're, by the universe. You're just full of love. Did you know that? I see the love pouring out of you. I hear the love in your voice. I hear the love in your ears. You are love. I am love. You're right. So are you love. Thank you. And you know, I was listening to a speaker this weekend and he said, tell me how much love you have in your life and I'll tell you how long you're going to live. <laughs> Doesn't that resonate with you? 
Yes, that's perfect. Oh my God, when he said that, tears rolled down my cheeks. Tell me how much love you have and I'll tell you how long you're going to live. You know, Jan, there's always room for a little more advice. And I always end peacepodcast.org. And thank you all for listening. Now, I know you're about ready to go hug Jan if you could only find her because she has shared her wisdom, her inspiration from her life. And you need to take that too. Take the inspiration from your life. Take the wisdom you have learned. My late husband would always say, don't die with your encyclopedia wisdom in you. Keep a tablet by you. He was writing all day long because every time something would come to him, he would say, that's a gift. I'm going to write it down. I have napkins full of his autographs and ideas. But he always said, don't waste your life. This You're on this side of the grass, so enjoy it and live it fully. Now, I said action. What action would you like our listeners to take today? We have a peace podcast community. We have a magazine and we have fabulous guests like Jan. So Jan, what action would you like them to take besides getting your book, reading it? Maybe we'll have a podcast a time when we can all talk about the messages from your book. I think primarily if they don't already have an established practice that they think of as their spiritual discipline or their spiritual practice, do that. Get in, get in my circle because that'll feed you all the rest of your life. If you're in my circle, you get my good loving energy. So JanetJanPhillips.com and get my book if you want that. So we make ourselves available and accessible just as does the great supreme intelligence, right? Not unavoidable. I mean, not inaccessible, unavoidable. So always line yourself up with people of the light and, and stay hooked in. Just keep listening to Barbara's podcast. Stay hooked in. We're all beings in conversation, aren't we? And I thank you for that little blurb. Start watching Barbara's podcast. I've interviewed over 200 peacemakers. And the bottom line, I always say, what does peace mean to you? And they said, it begins inside. And when you have that peace inside, and as you mentioned, to maybe meditate, pay attention, light a candle, pay attention. And that's why I read that passage, awareness, bring that awareness into reality. And you may just have to just say, ah, oh, thank you. That awareness brought me into a new phase of my own life. Thank you. I say thank you all day long. And that's my prayer. Thank you. Thank you, Jan, for being here. Oh, hey, how can we get your book one more time? And what is your website? janphillips.com sign up to be on my newsletter list and get your bulletins for me weekly and email me jan at janphillips.com and just say please send me your book and i will send you my book i'll send you even more than my book you won't believe what i send you she's right I, I said wow how did she have time to put all this in one little media mail envelope and there it was and I have been devouring it and as I said watch her TED talk look at this this is my mind mapping from her TED talk she talks about everything that your mind is selecting you are one heart your emotions get involved speak about it and the creativity will flow there you go there you go. Creativity will flow with your awareness being heightened and the ability. Every atom in our body wants to be created. Don't stop your atoms from creating something new and solving our problems today. As I read to you earlier from her book, there it was. 
as we become the partners to those that we may not think are the perfect partners, we learn something. We may inspire them to be more than they are. Jan Phillips, do you have a last word? Last word. Never ever say to anyone, I am not creative. And think of yourself as part of the ever expanding, ever unfolding cosmic creation force. We were born for a reason, weren't we, Jan? I think so. I mean, for, for fun. You. We're born to have fun. <laughs> I'll never forget that Sargoman came to our cabin in Costa Rica where we built the University for Peace and we lived on a hill and it was pretty pretty basic dear. We didn't even have hot water or an oven or a refrigerator. We had a refrigerator. But anyway, she said, now I'm going to tell you one thing I want you to remember. I want you to have fun. Now, she said that? She was a Sargoman who came to our cabin in Costa Rica. Oh. She was a trained African, I don't know what oh. they're called, they're Sargoman. And she said, have fun. And then I remember our Catholic upbringing. They don't remember this because they didn't want us to remember it too much. God will ask you when you're all done with your life and you're up there, whatever, how much joy have you experienced? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Service, Jan, is the joy I have. Interviewing you is the joy I feel. And I have really been inspired today. All I can say is, people, peacepodcast.org is for you. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Be inspired, be creative, and listen to Jan. Go to janphillips.com and you'll be inspired even more. Thank you for joining us today. This is peacepodcast.org for peace, happiness, and healthy living. Bye bye for now. Join us each week. Thank you.